endocannabinoid system. The American Journal of Endocannabinoid Medicine welcomes you to AGEM Live. On today's episode, for cannabis, we do treat post-traumatic stress disorder with quite a good results. For psilocybin and other, this is a new wave in, in medicine and in pain medicine in particular, in, in post-traumatic stress disorder also in particular, we need much more data to understand what's going in a long-term period. Hello, this is AGEM correspondent Larry Luxner reporting from the 4th International Annual Congress of Controversies on Cannabis-Based Medicines in Frankfurt, Germany. Our guest today is Dr. Silvio Brill, director of the Pain Institute at Israel Sarasky Medical Center in Tel Aviv. He's also honorary secretary of the European Pain Federation, which is based in Brussels. Dr. Brill, a native of Romania, has been at Sarasky for the last 15 years and has worked with cannabis for the last 20. In addition, he's co-organizer of this conference along with Dr. David Finn of Ireland. Shalom, and thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you very much for having me here. So this is the fourth edition of this conference. Why is this conference important and what kind of growth of interest have you seen over the years in cannabis as medicine? We started up to organize this conference uh, six years ago. We stopped for two years uh, due to Corona. And uh, we believe that we need to provide physicians with strong uh, medical research data and to be a platform for medical uh, researcher and clinical doctors to be together uh, to share their experience, knowledge, and their questions in order to improve the treatment of uh, patients in, for pain in general and for cannabis uh, medical drugs in particular. Would you say that uh, pain uh, and, and problems associated with pain are the biggest reason patients come to you for cannabis? Yeah, definitely, because I'm a pain physician, so they are coming only for uh, pain problems. But all over the world, we know that uh, uh, the number of patients treated with cannabis between these, these patients, around 70-75% uh, of them are, are pain uh, patients. And what percentage of them would you classify as elderly? This is a good question, but depends where. I, I'm treating, Mac in, depends where you are located. If you're around your hospital, there are a younger population or, a, or, or no. In my practice, we have around 40% of the patients are, uh, between 35, 40% of the patients are, are elderly patients. And what's interesting about Israel, uh, aside from the fact that it's been a leader in cannabis research, is also the fact that it, in a per capita basis, Israel is the largest consumer of cannabis in the, in the world. This is one of the speakers mentioned this. I believe it was you. It's mine. Yeah, it's okay. mine. Yeah. You, know, you can find this data on, on, online, of course. Is you, I was stocked that is the biggest consumer in cannabis, medical and non-medical uh, way. What percentage of Israel's population um, uses cannabis on a regular basis? You know, you are a quite a small country, 9 million people, and we have nowadays uh, 130,000 patients that have been approved to use cannabis. So this is a high, very high percentage of the population. And quite a big number of people are using recreational, let's say, cannabis. I don't know the number. They are just thinking. One, 1 1.5 million, uh, but we don't know really the numbers. But what you know, 132, to be exactly, uh, thousands uh, patients are using uh, legally cannabis for medical reasons. But still, it's not considered legal. 
No, it's con it's legal for medical use, but not for recreational use. No, no, it's not legalized in Israel. Not it's, yet. It's it's been discussed for it's been discussed for for de decades. It's not uh, legalized. We are using only under the medical uh, uh, way to treat patients. Compared to most European countries, also the, it's it's not legal in in the majority of EU countries. Correct. Yeah, definitely. In most of the majority of the European country is not legal, and many is uh, legalized for medical use. Right, and and within countries, and the number is increasing. And from one country to the next, we also see a big, a great variety in terms of of regulation of cannabis. There is a huge variable in terms of uh, regulation, availability, uh, knowledge, uh, when they start to use it, what is available in the market, what is almost for every country there is no reimbursement. I think 90% of the patients are, are paying from their own uh, pocket, it's not reimbursed. Right. All over the Europe, also in Israel. So, from a scientific point of view, uh, let's talk about the science if we can. Uh, this is the purpose of the conference, for scientists to share knowledge and best practices and what works, what doesn't work. Uh, at what point are we in, in, in research in discussing, even discussing the endocannabinoid system and how much is known out there, really? We know quite a lot, much, much the, the bank of knowledge is much, much higher than five or ten years ago. However, the know, our knowledge how to treat the patients is not increasing very much. We are, we are still in the same place, more or less, without knowing how to choose the right uh, concentration, right way to treat, how many times a day for the specific patient with his own disease and, and his own pain disease. So we are not really getting very fast uh, ahead with our knowledge. And this is the reason we are meeting from time to time, different meetings, this is, this is the fourth time, to trying to understand much, much better and to improve our knowledge to help the patients. So uh, let's talk about specific uh, pain uh, with your speakers. One talked about multiple sclerosis. One talked about endometriosis. We've also heard presentations on other specific conditions. Let's talk about, if we can, about uh, cancer pain, pain associated with chemotherapy. Uh, how much do we know about that? And what, what compounds are most helpful? in treating these people? For different conditions, we are thinking that we know what's, what's better, C higher CBD, lower CBD, uh, balanced use, uh, smoking, uh, extracts. However, we are in the stage, it's, it's for all the medicine, but mainly for, uh, in particular for uh, pain patients and cannabis pain patients, uh, to, uh, to individualize their treatment and to understand What's better for each patient and for and, and pain is not is, it's a word, but they have different pain in the night, different pain in the day, during activity, during sleep. So we need to to make to customize their treatment. So I can say nowadays that I think no one knows that seeing a patient with low back pain, 40 years old, this is the best thing for you that you will take it and will help you. It's an ongoing process. It may take months to find the best way to treat the patients. If it succeeds, it's not 100% for anyone. It's like other pain, pain uh, drugs, painkillers, let's say. Is we can't help them with 100%. Pain in general, it can't be treated by a single element. You need to make up a multidisciplinary approach to treat chronic severe pain.
I wanted to ask you, and this is not related to pain in any way, but because, uh, because you uh, have co-organized this conference and because you're in Israel, uh, uh, Miri spoke earlier about the, the war and how stress is affecting every person in Israel, basically, and how many of them are either turning to cannabis or, if they're already on it, increasing their dosage without a doctor's approval. Uh, what can you say about this? It's very difficult to say everyone was more or less involved and, and be part of this tragedy. The only thing that we completely know that is uh, in terms of uh, acute stress disorders, many patients uh, wants to start cannabis, but Ministry of Health uh, stopped completely from, from, not from legal, from medical reasons to use cannabis in acute phase. Post-traumatic is completely other disease. We know this, that uh, everything that can affect your mood can affect your pain interpretation. So definitely, you will feel much more pain and will be more, more, more affected by what's going on, seeing around thousands of people in the, ar in the army and dying and all, what's going on. And it's not easy for someone with severe chronic pain, with depression, being alone at home to, to cope. So this is a way to, to, to run away from the reality going much more in, uh, in sort of painkillers. Doesn't matter the name. They have also benzodiazepine, opioids and also cannabis. There have been a number of research studies, and I know of one in particular, that looked at um, treating PTSD with uh, psilocybin, psychedelic drugs. And I'm wondering... Once this war is over, and even before it's over, when soldiers start coming back, uh, there are going to be thousands of, of, of young men, reservists, young women, who have been totally traumatized by what they have seen and gone through. Uh, Definitely. Do you see a role, potentially, in either cannabis or psychedelic drugs in helping them deal with this uh, post-traumatic stress disorder? We need to know, probably yes. I don't know, we don't have enough robust data to say. For cannabis, we do treat uh, post-traumatic stress disorder with quite a good results. For psilocybin and other, this is a new, new, way, new wave in, in medicine, and in pain medicine in particular, and in, in post-traumatic stress disorder also in particular. We need much more data to understand what's going in a long-term period. But we are optimistic. And I ask this because we've never seen such a traumatic period in Israel's history. Hopefully, you'll never see, you'll never be seen because it's really a traumatic, not only for the directly implied that the soldier or someone have been, uh, their, their relative hostages or have been killed, but for all the country is a huge drama. And we don't know, and hopefully not be that bad as I think that we're going to be in the next month and years. How has this affected you personally? Uh, I think everyone has someone who knows that they've been killed or kidnapped. It's very difficult. Second, all of us or most of us have a son or relative in the army just now in uh, fighting, uh, fighting around. And, and being in, 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 and we, we have missiles every day, every place is also in Tel Aviv. So it's not, it's something that you can really tell a story or understand if you are not there. And, Besides it, we are working, going out, and trying to, to continue our lives. Otherwise, it will, will be a, mass, a mess. I understand. Any final thoughts? Nothing specific. Hopefully, to get much, much clever and to help much more our patients. And you're planning this conference uh, next year as well? 
planning is one and the reality is something else yeah we think that we'll doing again because many people ask us to to doing because it's a major source of information for them for for real medical and research information we've been talking with dr silvio brill uh, who is co-organizer of this uh, fourth international annual congress of controversies on cannabis-based medicines here in Frankfurt, Germany. Thank you very much, Shalom, for speaking with us today. Thank you very much. Your time. If you haven't registered or subscribed to AGEM yet, please do so now. You're helping to bridge the education gap by bringing peer-reviewed research and scientific evidence from around the world directly to physicians' inboxes. For more information, please visit us at endocannabinoidmedicine.com. Thank you for listening. Endocannabinoid deficiency. THC. CBG. Cannabis. The bliss molecule. CB1 receptor. Research. Tinctures. Homeostasis.